Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Welcome back to College Football Coast to Coast. Um, yeah, before you say anything, before you say anything, I know it's Wednesday night. Um, it's not the normal day, nor the normal time. Um, two days late and seven hours, almost, well, eight hours late. Um, so, but we're here, to, we're still going to talk about college football. So a lot's gone on this week and uh, there's a lot for us to talk about. So we'll jump right into it first. Uh, Tyler, with recapping last week and some crazy games. 
Um, and we'll start right off in the ACC. Uh, first is Georgia Tech upsetting the number 13 uh, ranked North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, the Yellow Jackets get a big win here, Tyler, on the road at North Carolina. North Carolina had not lost a home game up to this point. Um, you know, is this a testament to North Carolina looking ahead, thinking that they have this in the bag, you know, for a Clemson match? Or is, you know, Georgia Tech just felt like they could come into, uh, you know, North Carolina in Chapel Hill and win a football game? Yeah, I mean, this was definitely bizarre. I mean, Georgia Tech has been an up-and-down team. I know that, you know, like Nebraska, like Auburn, that's been a team that has fired their head coach in the midseason. You know, North Carolina's offense, you know, with Drake May has been rolling. You know, the offense hasn't been the problem. It's been the defense, you know, but the defense was able to get the job done, but the offense this time wasn't able to get the job done. So this pretty much eliminates North Carolina from the playoff. I don't know how much of a playoff chance they would have had, maybe if they would have run the table. Uh, you know, beating Clemson, you know, how high could they, you know, could they got, you know, especially, you know, if all the teams that they fell, you know, we we saw Tennessee lose. Uh, we saw almost, you know, TCU lose and Michigan lose as well. So who knows, you know, the shakeup uh, in front of them, maybe they could have jumped all the way into the top 10. You know, their one loss is to Notre Dame and the Notre Dame loss isn't really a bad loss anymore. You know, Notre Dame is a top 15 team, but yeah, this is, this pretty much just knocks them out of contention. I mean, they'll still have a legitimate shot against the Clemson Tigers to win the ACC. And hopefully, you know, you're going to need them to, to do better in two weeks if you want them, you know, to go two for two in your ACC pick. Uh, but, yeah, this is a rough one if you're a North Carolina fan. I mean, you had all of the hype around Drake May and it just falls flat. You got to give credit to Georgia Tech. I mean, this team just continues to fight continues to fight. I mean, they're probably not going to make a bowl game. They're at five wins. They had to play Georgia, which is going to be a tough matchup. It always is. You know, Georgia has dominated that matchup. But congratulations to the Yellow Jackets and got definitely a lot of concerns coming out of Chapel Hill this weekend. Yeah, definitely in Chapel Hill. And, you know, for Georgia Tech, a big stepping stone. You beat a top 15 team. Um, and now you got to go play Georgia. I mean, Georgia played a rough game this past weekend uh, and a gritty win against a not-so-good team. So, I mean, it really – uh, it really could be an interesting game looking at it for the first time in a long time, uh, looking ahead to next week. And we'll have plenty of time to talk about that, but uh, looking at our next game and the craziest ending to a game of all all weekend long and probably all season long, uh, number four TCU barely holds on in Waco, Texas, against the Baylor Bears, 29-28. to 28. Uh, You know, you rush your field goal unit out there, you know, and I thought it was a, a bold move by Sonny Dykes you know, to run the ball with 30 seconds left, you have no timeouts. Um, and I think it was just a lineup situation for their kicker. But, you know, that's that's a tough move to make uh, late in the football game. And um, if if you're Dave Aranda, do you, do you feel uh, okay with the outcome of how your defense played there at the end of the game? Um, you know, or did you need a big stop there, you know, in order to seal the deal? Cause I think everybody watching the game kind of knew that, that uh, Max Duggins and the, and the TCU Horn Frogs were just going to drive down the field. Yeah. I mean, they just left too much time. I feel like Baylor played too conservative in this one. I mean, they dominated this whole entire game. I feel like, you know, Baylor's defense, uh, you know, Dave Rana, the defensive minded head coach, you know, they come off of a drubbing, giving up 31 points to a really good Kansas state team. Then you come, 
uh, home once again, you know, have back-to-back home games. And you have the number four team in the country who I feel like, you know, CCU every week that we're talking about them, you know, just escaping on the road or at home, you know, we just keep talking about this team. Like, when are they going to lose? When are they going to lose? Well, I thought that this was going to be the best shot in doing that. It was really going to shake up, you know, the college football landscape. But the next game we'll get into, you know, we could have seen two top four teams fought the rankings and, you know, the college football playoff committee would, you know, their brains would just be combusted at that rate because they didn't, wouldn't know what to do uh, with themselves. Uh, but you got to give credit to Max Duggan. He, Got the two-minute drive. He was able to get it going. And, you know, got to give credit also to the field goal uh, kicker as well. You know, get that, you know, get them running on the field. Uh, It was definitely a kick. You know, he missed an extra point earlier uh, in the game. And, you know, TCU wasn't able to get the two-point conversion. Uh, The the wide receiver was open, but he ended up uh, slipping uh, and dropping the ball. So that was definitely a busted play. But uh, Baylor's offense was able to get it going. But in the end, you know, this TCU team, they're just a team of destiny, I feel like. I don't I know that they've been getting off of, you know, on these close uh, losses. So I don't know if I'll, I'll see a loss uh, this week. You know, they have Iowa State team uh, that's been really bad. I mean, they beat an Iowa team that was uh, at first, you know, an impressive win. But now it's seeming like Iowa is actually going to make it into the Big Ten championship, you know, with the way that the Big Ten West is going to. That's crazy enough, but, man. You just got to give credit to TCU every week. I mean, they just keep pulling out. They're uh, undefeated, 11-0, and feel good about themselves uh, going into the final uh, week of the regular season. And like you mentioned, you know, moving into our next game, uh, a really good game here in Ann Arbor, uh, you know, the North, uh, sorry, the uh, Illinois Fighting Illini, you know, come into Ann Arbor uh, to try to upset the number three team in the country, the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, final ended up being Michigan uh, 19, Illinois 17. Uh, you know, it was just a case of field position at the end, and I think that Illinois mishandled the situation at the end of the game. Um, you know, you force Michigan to kick a field goal uh, late in this game. They can't score a touchdown, and you stay up 17-16. You know, with two minutes to go in the ball game, you control the game. Uh, you've ar- arguably got one of the top three running backs in all, all the country this year um, in Chase Brown. So, I mean, my my problem with it was that they almost played too conservative on offense. Um, you know, I know that Michigan was trying to get a stop. So, I mean, they were just playing zone defense at that point. Um, and to just give the ball back to Michigan at midfield with you know a minute to go is just the wrong move there. Um, they've got the best field kicker percentage-wise and attempt-wise in the country, um, and he's not going to miss. I mean, that's one of those things, and it was just a setup for him to kick it. Um, you know, does it speak more to the fact that Illinois came so close to winning this game and that they should have in the end, or is this a bad win for Michigan? Does- I feel like it, it's more on the Illinois' side because, I mean, they had this game won. I mean, Chase Brown uh, got the touchdown. They went up 17-10, to 10, and then, you know, Jake Moody uh, was able to knock uh, some field goals uh, to get it to 17. Uh, to 13, they ended up uh, winning it, uh, you know, with 40 seconds left. Jake Moody once again kicked a 40-yard field goal, 19-17. But I feel like the same thing with Baylor. I mean, these teams just played way too conservative. If you want to be the top-five team, you have to throw the ball at some point you can't just run the ball and expect to get a first down you know on TCU's and especially Michigan's run defense I know 
that Chase Brown was able to get some open holes. But on the flip side, I mean, J.J. McCarthy was off with his receivers all game. You know, they were bailed out with a pass interference uh, call that could have gone either way. You know, we, we can spend as much time as we want griping about that call, but that's what the call was on the field, so you just got to go with it. Uh, but, yeah, J.J. McCarthy uh, could not hit his, hit his receivers, and that's going to be a big problem. Going into the big game, you know, we saw Blake Corm. He got injured as well. The backup, Edwards, didn't play. So pretty much they had to go to the third string running back, and they were, didn't really have much success uh, on the ground. I mean, like you mentioned, Illinois, you know, has been a team, you know, that a lot of people have hyped about. And they're pretty much a, a vanilla offense, but they can bring the defense. I mean, you seen it, wacky scores, another wacky score that Illinois is in 19-17. to 17, uh, So, you got to feel it for Illinois uh, pretty much uh, with this loss. Uh, their Big Ten championship hopes are, are dashed. I feel like if they would have won this game, uh, we could have seen them in Indy. And who who knows? Maybe they get this Michigan team again. Maybe they get Ohio State. You know, Ohio State didn't look good either against Maryland uh, this week. So the game uh, is looking like uh, two uh, teams uh, that have just gotten by, uh, especially, you know, the way that TCU has. But. It's going to be an interesting game uh, to watch for sure, but uh, Michigan, definitely some struggles, uh, especially late in the season. Yeah, and I think it's just a matter of teams getting fatigued. I mean, these teams, all these teams have played a lot of road trips and a lot of games back-to-back-to-back weeks, and I think it's just um, a lack of rest, you know, on that part. But, no, I do think – I think it's more of a sloppy win by Michigan, only scoring 19 points against Illinois. Um, I get Illinois has a really good defense, you know, and I'm sitting there watching that game, and I said, you know, Illinois really could be the new, you know, DBU. You know, I said they have they have some guys in the secondary, you know, they can really, really ball out. So I, I think that um, I think they could be the next big up and coming guys. You know, that you see going in the second and third round of of the NFL draft. You know, being quality guys um, in the NFL. But you know, that goes outside of our our boundaries of this show. But um, you know, for that, I think, you know, Illinois deserves a lot of credit for holding uh, one of the best offenses in the country to 19 points at home in Ann Arbor. Um, so I, I got to give a lot of credit to, to Brett Bielema and that team. Um, yeah, and I think I'm surprised that we didn't see Kay McNamara in this game. Um, I'm really surprised because of how tough it was for J.J. McCarthy to get a rhythm in this game. Um, and I'm surprised we didn't see him in the second half. Uh, and it was just – it was a weird game, a sloppy game. Um, if it wasn't for Jake Moody, they lose this game, um, you know, by six points, I, I think, uh, or by three points. You know, I, I think it's uh, very possible they they lose this game. Um, so you bailed them out once again, but I think next week is, is going to be a lot. And, of course, we'll get to it. Uh, moving away from the Big Ten, we'll go to the Pac-12, of course, because we're on Pac-12 time uh, at this hour. And uh, the number seven USC Trojans just hang on uh, in their little uh, road trip in their pedal cars down the road to number 16 UCLA and the Bruins. Um, man, let me tell you what, a lot of points, 93 points in this game. That is Pac-12 football at its finest, um, especially these two teams. No defense in this game at all. Um Tyler, what was the key for success? I mean, you think for USC to come out with a win in this one, I mean, on the road at UCLA, I know it's a tough environment to play. Um, USC is no stranger to playing there. But it seems like uh, they just got the edge late in this game. I mean, UCLA had the lead for quite a while, and it just flipped immediately. 
Yeah, I mean, this is what I expect. I know that Chet was watching this one as well, so you could probably attest to, you know, how crazy of a game this was. I know that you mentioned, you know, the defense not stepping up, but USC's defense uh, was able to clinch uh, the victory, you know, DTR uh, through interception uh, the last play of the game. I mean, this was the DTR versus Kale Williams matchup. I mean, these are two Heisman contenders that were just battling it out. You know, Zach Charbonnet was able to get it going. Literally everyone on the field on offense, uh, you know, got – something would they, they they were involved in this matchup and like you mentioned like you know we're in pac 12 kickoff and now we feel and you know we're in the pac 12 slate of how they feel you know kicking off at 10 o'clock uh at night uh so yeah this was a crazy game i mean this was you know the pac 12 you know pretty much a championship semifinal whoever won this game uh, would go on to vegas and that's going to be usc i mean this was a whale of a game uh in the rose bowl you know I don't even know if the Rose Bowl itself is going to top this game. You know, we saw this type of game, uh, you know, last time uh, between, you know, two top 10 teams uh, with Utah and Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. Now you have USC and UCLA. I mean, this is going to be a really a great rivalry. Uh, DTR, this was his final game against USC. So that's uh, the last time we're going to see him. But, man, Kale Williams, uh, you know, it keeps knocking on the door, that Heisman conversation, almost putting up 500 passing yard so I don't think he's quite out of you know getting an invite to New York you know if he can can you know continue to pile up some good numbers especially against a good defensive team in Notre Dame and then a possible chance of Oregon and who knows maybe they can get to the playoff and add some more numbers Uh, so I wouldn't count Caleb Williams out of the Heisman discussion quite yet yeah and I think he's still alive a little bit there you know they're getting uh, a lot of help like you mentioned defensively I, I think the big key for this game for UCLA was is I think they have the weapons uh, offensively against UCLA's uh, secondary. I, I think it was I viewed that as a big advantage for UCLA. I said DTR can just throw the ball up to the guys. They're going to go and get it. I mean, they've got some big receivers um, that can go get some get some grabs and, and some quick touchdowns. And of course, you know uh, with Zach Charbonnet in the backfield, you know, top five running back in the country this year. Um, you know, yards per play, and he's running people over. So I I think there's um, a lot of upside for UCLA season. I mean, a big bounce back year for them. They've struggled for a long time, um, and it's about time that they get back into the top 25 um, and are competing for a good bowl game at the end of the year. So I think that it was a good season for them all in all. You know, you still got another game left. But like you mentioned, you know, more than likely we're going to see USC and Utah um, battle it out in Vegas uh, unless something crazy happens. Um, but after last week, I, I don't, I don't see that happening. So uh, a good quality win for USC here, a three point win uh, to seal it and to send them to hopefully the Pac-12 championship for the first time uh, in a number of years. Uh, moving away from this, we'll head back down to the South on Tyler's country, uh, down to the SEC, uh, not quite down to your country because this is more of Wade's country yeah. uh, for this one in South Carolina. The number five Tennessee Volunteers uh, played against, well, I guess played uh, against the South Carolina Gamecocks. Uh, this wasn't much of a game from the very get-go. Um South Carolina wins this game 63 to 38, and that is not a typo. Um, that is true. It, it was an absolute onslaught uh, from South Carolina's offense. Unbelievable game uh, for Spencer Rattler. Uh, I'll let you get into some of the numbers, but it, it was just controlled perfectly uh, by Shane Beamer in, in that uh, 
South Carolina offense. Uh, defensively, you know, you do give up 38 points to Tennessee. I think they knew that going in, that they were going to have to have a big offensive night in order to beat Tennessee. Um, and they made Tennessee's defense look silly. I mean, it was it was really bad um, for Tennessee. And, and, you know, you lose Hendon Hooker late in this game uh, to a season-ending ACL tear. Um, so we hope he gets better soon before the NFL draft. Um, and hopefully he is back for full strength uh, sooner rather than later. I, I think that, you know, it, it's embarrassing for, for Tennessee to do something like that. You're a top five team in the country and you lose. Um, I know it's on the road, but to lose to South Carolina um, in a team that's been up and down all season long, they get blown out by Georgia. I mean, you know, they just don't look good. Um you know, the line was a 22 and a half for this game for Tennessee to cover. And they, Tennessee got beat by more than 22 and a half. I mean, that's insanity. Um, and I think this is the biggest, I, I think so far, this is the biggest upset game of the year, just based off of score alone and where these teams are at. Um, but I think South Carolina has a lot to look forward to. You saw a lot of what the future brings um, there to the SEC. Um, in South Carolina. So I think they have a lot to look at uh, going in the next few years. Yeah, this is a huge win for uh, Shane Beamer and company. I mean, they were left to dead when they, uh, you know, lost to Missouri a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, last week they only put up six points against Florida. They lost 38 to six. You know, what was the mindset going into this week? You know, it was a nine game, you know, you had ESP in there, Kirk Herbstreit, Chris Fowler on the call. You know, it was uh, sold out at williams Price Stadium. I mean, the atmosphere was just insane. They were able to store in the field. And the shrubs are, are no longer there anymore. They just – there's so, too many fans at the student section, uh, you know, just destroyed it. Is how uh, – that's how it goes sometimes when I'm in a stormer field. But I feel like every time that South Carolina's offense had the ball, they, they found the end zone. I mean, it was just a, a good day for Spencer Rattler. I'm sure South Carolina fans are wondering, where, where the heck has this been all year? We could have been like an eight-win, nine-win team if you, you know, scores score like six touchdowns. You know, Josh Bayman was on the money. That was my receiver of the game as well. I mean, Antoine Wells Jr. had a game as well. I mean, everyone on the field for South Carolina – you know, contributed to this. I mean, 63 points against Tennessee's defense is just insane. I mean, like you mentioned, to beat if you want to beat Tennessee, you know, they're, they're high-powered offense, you got to score. And South Carolina did that and more. Like you mentioned, Vegas was favoring Tennessee a lot. I even took them in our sports game parlay, and I'm sure all of y'all did as well, and it did not work out. I guess we should have just went the Gamecocks money line, just put our house on that. But on the flip side, I mean, Tennessee with the loss, I mean – they pretty much, if they went out, they were in the playoff, you know, because the Michigan-Ohio State loser is probably not going to be ahead of them. I just feel like Tennessee would have had the better resume at that rate. But now, you know, with Tennessee's loss, it really has opened up the door, for, you know, like a Clemson to get back into the playoff discussion, like a USC if they went out. And LSU will benefit from this because, you know, the storyline, you know, was the head-to-head, you know, even if LSU wins out, uh, you know, Tennessee blew them out 40 to 13. You were at that game. You experienced uh, what happened in Baton Rouge. But yeah, this this was the upset of the year. I definitely agree with that. So we'll see if South Carolina can go two for two because they had to travel to Death Valley uh, and play the Clemson Tigers out Meadow Bowl. So it should be a lot of fun if you're a Gamecock fan. Yeah, a lot to look forward to for South Carolina and the Gamecocks. Um, and, you know, we mentioned, you know, that. Uh, We'll have to get up there for a game sometime in the near future because uh, that is a nice environment, crazy environment. 
and uh, of course our host, you know, Wade up there, I think, uh, would be a good host uh, for us up there in a, in a fun weekend. Uh, plenty of opportunity to do that. You know, yes, you know, Tennessee is disappointing after, you know, starting as well as you did and blowout games and you just don't show up uh, for a game against a team that's looking looking for a big win. Um, so I, I think uh, props to South Carolina. But moving on uh, to our last, and of course you know we're going to the group of five for this one, Navy. <laughs> Navy. It's a big win on the road at UCF. Uh, you know, in they win seventeen to fourteen, um, a low scoring game here in this one. Of course, that's Navy's bread and butter. But for UCF, that is not two touchdowns. Is does not cut it for UCF in the American. Uh, you know, we talked about UCF last week, and we said, you know, they're iffy. You know, will they show up or not? And they did not show up. They, they, I mean, they played at home. They played in the bounce house. I mean, you're playing at home in a game that you should win easy. Navy is not a very good football team. Um, defensively, Navy looked incredible. I mean, they looked the best I've seen all year long. Um, looking back at it, offensively, you get what you get, 17 points. I mean, that that's going to happen because uh, they do run the ball a lot. Um, but I think UCF's got to be scratching their head going, how in the world do you only score two touchdowns against Navy? Um, I, I just, I find it as a lack of, uh, at that point, you know, with what's going on, it's, it's coaching at that point, you need to figure it out. I mean, that, that's just, that's just sad. Um, you know, you get a former SEC coach down there and just forgets how to play football. And I think that uh, disappointing for UCF. I mean, obviously they slip out of the top twenty-five, you know, with with a loss like that, um, you know, and and, and it makes scratch your head for a lot of teams in the American, you know, because of where they're sitting at. Um, and there's a lot of good other teams in the American, and, and UCF just took themselves straight out of the, out of the drawing for that one. I I can't figure out this UCF team. I mean, last week we were praising them, you know, beating Tulane on the road. It was it was a dominating fashion. I mean, you know, the score was close, thirty to thirty one. John Ross Plumley had a game, and now this week, you know, it was a ten o'clock a.m. kickoff. So you know, you had to get your morning coffee. And you know, Navy they could be zero and twelve, and they can still surprise you. I mean, <laughs> Navy's uh, is a three win team, and now they're they're a four win team. You know, they still have to play Army, and you know, Army is in a great football team as well. They're they're five and six uh, heading into the final weekend of college football. But I mean, Navy's always scrappy. I mean, they gave Notre Dame a game. They've, I mean, they played every American conference, you know, matchup that they had very close. So yeah, this pretty much just adds uh, to the chaos. The American is, you know, Tulane and Cincinnati play this week. The winner of that will clinch a spot. And now UCF has to go uh, down to Tampa and the UCF, even with the losses, still, you know, can be into the, to the conference championship because UCF not only has a head-to-head against Tulane, but also against Cincinnati as well. So, I mean, UCF is a team like who knows what – I wouldn't even bet on them because who knows which team is going to show up. Is it going to be the team that put up 70 points against Temple or is it going to be the team that only put up 14 here? So, I give up with this UCF team. Uh, I'm sure we're going to have to talk about them if they make it to the – uh, AAC championship, uh, but if they with a win against South Florida, they'll face the winner uh, of Tulane uh, in Cincinnati. So I mean, 
this is just a shakeup in the American. I mean, I don't, I don't really have any words uh, about this UCF team. They're just inconsistent. I mean, if we don't have any words, how do you think the UCF fan Knights? Oh, fan I bet they don't have. Least, I, I, I don't bet think they got they they're griping all week. They're yeah. just waiting uh, to beat up on a one in ten South Florida team. And just imagine if they lose that game, <sighs> just the amount of hatred would be towards Gus Malzana from the UCF faithful because that, you know, UCF, I know that they had that one year, you know, a lot of people didn't like when they claimed the national <laughs> champions, but I feel like they're like one of the better group of five programs. So they are, they have a lot of expectations down there in Orlando. They're the one team on, I, you know, there's a couple teams there that are on the fence of group of five versus power five. Um, and, you know, UCF at times was good enough to be yeah. considered a low tier power five team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in my opinion, I mean, they're going to be moving to the Big 12, so they got to yeah. be consistent. If yeah, they want to face like a TCU, fast. like a Baylor, like a K State, I mean, yeah. you got you can't fall flat like this against a team like Navy. I mean, this is just completely unacceptable, especially you know, UCF, you know, after the two lane uh, win, you know, we were saying like, oh, this is going to be the team uh, that wins the group of you know, gets be the group of five representative. Yeah, and the New Year's Six. We'll get to the New Year's Six bowl predictions, but, man, it's to be like every week we've been talking about a new team. You know, Coastal one week, South Alabama another week. Is it going to be Troy? Who knows? Right. There's so many teams right there um, that have played so well uh, versus some teams that have really struggled that we thought would have repeat seasons of of continued uh, good play. And for UCF, that is not what it was cut out to be. Uh, but, you know, big win for the Navy midshipmen, yeah. and I think uh, – Great for them, and hopefully they go out there and get their fourth win next week. Um, you know, moving away from this, of course, you know that we get into our upcoming games of the week, and of course, our sponsor for that is Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company. If you guys want to go check our guys out over there in Houston, uh, in the metro area, if you guys want to check them out at Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company, uh, let me tell you what, they got some great beer. I had a beer tonight. I did not have one from Buffalo by because I'm in Pennsylvania, uh, for the week. So it's hard to get those shipped up there. Yeah. So yeah, I got, some, I got some family up here. Uh, we're spending the week up here with some family for Thanksgiving. Uh, I know Tyler's at home. We were spending, uh, tomorrow with some Turkey and Friday with some Turkey. So you're going to be all full of Turkey, all Turkey yeah. out. Uh, I'm going to become the turkey. That'll <laughs> <laughs> return into a turkey. Um, so, yeah, but if you guys want to go check out all of uh, their beer and goodies and food uh, over there in the area, go over and let Chet know uh, over at Sports yeah. Scramble, and he'll hook you guys up. Uh, and, of course, you can check out all of uh, their fun goodies at www.buffbrew.com. That is www.buffbrew.com. Uh Games of the week, Tyler. First for the ACC, we got some big ones here. Of course, NC State and North Carolina going at it. Of course, the battle for North Carolina in this one. Uh, you know, normally this is a ranked matchup. Uh, more often than not, uh, NC State has played terrible uh, this year. They're kind of a UCF uh, all over the place. You don't know what you're going to get. And we kind of got that from the get-go. Um with their atrocious loss against East Carolina. So, you know, I I really don't know what to think here in this one. I think North Carolina handles business pretty easily in this one. Being at home, I know they don't want to lose this game to an in-state rival um, just down the road a little ways. But, you know, I think they can handle business here after an upsetting win, upsetting loss, you know, last week. I think that uh, I think they'll get back on track with this one. 
and stay right there. And of course, they didn't fall too far, you know, falling to 17, uh, not too far of a movement there. And they're still alive for a New Year's Six, um, just maybe. But uh, they need to win this game pretty convincingly. So I'm going to take North Carolina in this one. Uh, closer game than I think it would be on paper, but uh, I'm going to go 28 to 17 uh, Tar Heels. Yeah, I was very surprised. You know, North Carolina only fell uh, four spots and losing to a Georgia Tech team that will probably not even make a bowl game. But both of these teams are looking for a bounce back win. NC State lost 25 to 10 on the road. North Carolina, like we mentioned uh, earlier in the show, lost 21 to 17 to Georgia Tech. Uh, so, I mean, NC State's offense, you know, the story of the year for them, Devin Leary being out. I mean, this offense just looks uh, completely lost. I mean, they can't uh, get it done. Uh, but if they're going to get something done, it's going to be against this uh, North Carolina defense that has been struggling. They had their best game yet, but their offense uh, didn't show up. So NC State's defense is going to be a tough matchup against Drake May. We'll see if uh, they can do it. But in the end, I don't see this Star Hill uh, offense uh, really uh, only scoring 17 points at uh, this time around. I think they get back on track. I don't see North Carolina uh, falling uh, to three losses uh, quite yet. So I'm going to have the Tar Heels win this one. I think it's going to be close, but in the end, North Carolina just has too much talent on the offense. So I will go uh, 28 to 17, give it to the Tar Heels. So we got the same score there for that one. Uh, I think uh, that's pretty concise with, you know, how those teams have played this year. I think we can can uh, bank on something like that to happen, hopefully. Uh, and, of course, here's the weird one in the ACC. You know, South this Carolina, the Gamecocks, game a big game. This is game of the week, I think. Even though, you know, you have unranked South Carolina coming in, it is a state – uh, in-state rival battle here, you know. I mean, this is this is the battle for the uh, Palmetto Bowl. So I think that uh, it uh, is going to be interesting for South Carolina to score some points in this one. I think they're able to score more. I think it's easier for them to score points against Clemson than it is for them to score points against Tennessee. If you believe it, or, believe it or not, not saying that they're going to put up sixty-three points in this game. I'd be very shocked if they put up sixty-three points in this game because I'd say, where the heck is South Carolina been? Yeah, really. They could have been twelve and zero. every game. Absolutely, if they were to do that. But you know, Clemson's a tough place to play. Uh, the not so great Death Valley, because um, it sits in a hole. And uh, like we say most weeks, but Dabo Swinney will soon enough eat the ground running down that hill. And maybe it's this weekend. Oh man, you know, I wish there was a. I wish there was a bet that you could. You know, just go in and say, hey, I'm going to throw five bucks down that Dabo eats it running down the hill to open the game because I would die. Because, you know, you can bet on weird things, you know, with the NBA finals and stuff. Yeah, like, I mean, the Super Bowl has like what color Gatorade is going to be, you know, what? Sure. What's the coin flip going to be? You know, how many, like, what's the hat? Like, how long is the national anthem <laughs> singer going to sing for? It's just like something crazy like that. So I feel like if they add that to the college football, I mean, people love to bet anyway. So why not? Why not have uh, Dabo be a part of uh, the fun adventures of people's money on weekend games? Uh, but, of course, I, I think this is going to be a weird pick for me. I'm going to go with South Carolina. I think that they can win this game on the road um, at Clemson. It's just a matter of time before something's going to happen. Um, huge win, build win. They know what they can do. Uh, it's all about a uh, you know, internal belief in that football team, and I think that they have found it. Um, and they found the spark now. Is it late? Sure. But uh, better late than never type thing uh, for the South Carolina Gamecocks. So I think they get this win here. I'm going to go 38-35. I think they, they uh, can score at will against Clemson. 
because uh, a lot of teams have been able to do that so far this year. Um, and South Carolina is going to have enough defense, just enough defense to stop uh, Clemson from scoring that final field goal. Yeah, I mean, everyone on our panel is picking South Carolina. I wouldn't even thought about picking South Carolina two weeks ago when they got absolutely demolished uh, in Gainesville 38-6. to uh, But, you know, Clemson has been a, you know, afterthought, you know, not only in the playoff committee, but I feel like we haven't talked about them in a couple of weeks as well. And, you know, especially after that Notre Dame loss, you know, that's their one loss of the season. I feel like so many people have lost to Notre Dame. You know, that's another team that we can also talk about as well. We'll get to them when we get to the Pac-12 when they take on the Trojans, but man, this was a tough one for me, uh, but I'm going to go. I know that everyone uh, is going to pick South Carolina. I feel like a lot of people are going to bet on them uh, in South Carolina. I feel like if Spencer rather can play like he did last week, then I feel like the Gamecocks can do that. But I just don't know if he's got in him uh, once again. I mean, that's a lot of emotion uh, coming off of the top five victory. You know, they're going on the road. It, I think they're going to get up for this one as well. They're, they're a bitter rival. I mean, None of these teams, like, uh, love each other. You know, NC State, North Carolina, that's a rivalry as well, that no one loves each other. You know, this divided state, you know, this is a divided state. Uh, and, the you know, in the state, you know, down below them in South Carolina. But in the end, I'm going to go with Clemson's uh, defense. I think that Clemson's defense is way better than Tennessee. Uh, Clemson has a secondary to match up, you know, with uh, Josh Fan and Antoine Wells. So I think that – this is going to be more defensive battle. I mean, Clemson's offense hasn't been sexy either. I mean, Will Shipley has been their best player. But I think that uh, Clemson gets it done. I'll go 27-24. The line is confusing. I mean, Clemson's a heavy favorite, but I feel like South Carolina is going to get a bit everything that it's got. Uh, but it's going to come up a little bit short. So I'll give uh, Clemson the field goal victory uh, in this probably series. Yeah, so we both got it a three-point margin, just flip-flop. Uh, of course, but of course, moving away from the ACC, you know where we're going next. Of course, it's the Big Twelve. Uh, a couple of placement games here. I mean, this is this is a placement battle weekend here. Um, you know, Baylor coming off of a close loss to the number four team in the country in TCU. Uh, they're headed to Aux- to Austin to play against. Uh, the Texas Longhorns. Sorry, guys, it's been a very long yeah, day. It's, it's a late night. We usually uh, go live at three <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon. So normally, I'm pretty. Normally, I'm pretty sharp, uh, but at this hour, I am worn out. Um, but of course, this is a big battle in the state of Texas. Waco and Austin going at it um, in this one. So I expect it to be a very good game. Baylor played well at home, uh, only holding TCU to 29 points, which is low for them this year, considering how many points they've been able to put up. 45, 55, 60 at will. So I think uh, this will be an interesting game on defensive battle here. I don't see a ton of points being scored in this one. I think you're probably going to view it the same way here. Um, But I think it's a close one. I'm going to go 21-17, and I'm going to give it to the Longhorns at home. Uh, I think when yours and that offense can finally find something here at the end of the the season um, and hopefully hold off the Baylor Bears in this one, and get a good home win to finish it out. Yeah, Texas has to win this one uh, to keep their Big 12 uh, championship hopes alive. We'll get to the next game that also has some implications of who can face uh, TCU uh, in the Big 12 championship. But what's going to be the mindset of Baylor? I mean, they pretty much play like the best game uh, of the year against uh, TCU. They had that game won, and they lost it on the last second. So I know that was heartbreaking for them. You know, these are, you know, teenagers and people, you know, Guys in the early 20s that have to get over a loss like this. So like, how, are they going to be able to flush it 
on the road against Texas in a hostile environment. And like you mentioned, I feel like this is going to be a defensive battle. You know, Texas' defense has been playing good as of late. They were able, you know, to slay the dragon of Kansas. You know, they, their offense was able to put it on uh, the Jayhawks' uh, defense that has been struggling. But I'm going to give it to the home team here. I think that B. John Robinson uh, is going to carry the load here. Quinn Ewers is going to get uh, two touchdowns uh, in this one as well. So I'm going to go uh, Texas in a defensive battle. I'll go 24-20. I'll go to the Horns. Yeah, so we both got a defensive battle on this one. It'll uh, be a great game there in Austin, Texas uh, for the Big 12. And, of course, for our other Big 12 game, it is the Battle of Kansas. Uh, of course, the Kansas Jayhawks will be traveling from Lawrence to Manhattan uh, to play against the, the number 12 in the country, K-State Wildcats. Um, I think this game is bigger than the Baylor-Texas game, of course, for K-State, they need a win here to keep the Big 12 championship hopes alive. Um, they clinch if, they're, if they yeah, win. Yeah, I mean, this is this is it for them. Uh, so I, I think that they can win this game. Uh, it's going to be a tough one. I think Kansas has been waiting for this one. It's going to be a very close game. I see a lot of points scored in this game only because of the two offenses. Defensively, K-State is the way better team on defense in this one. Um, it could be lopsided and it could be very close. It just depends on if K-State's defense can stop Kansas uh, from scoring. And I think that's the difference in this one. K-State's going to put up points uh, when they want to. And you know, that's Adrian Martinez. And, you know, that he's going to he's going to be able to do that with Deuce Vaughn uh, in the backfield there pretty easily, I think, because uh, Kansas's run defense is one of the worst in the country. Uh, and they've had a hard time stopping the run. So we could see a big day from Deuce Vaughn and two or three touchdowns scored. Uh, so I'm going to take K-State in this one to win by a pretty substantial margin. I'm going to go 34-17. Uh, them playing at home is the difference, and I think they have a big big game to finish it out. Yeah, like you mentioned, I mean, defense versus defense. Kansas' defense hasn't been able to stop anyone uh, in the second half of the season. You know, They start off hot. You know, They were undefeated, got to number 19. But in the end, you know, Still a good story. Uh, they got to bowl eligibility, but I think that they'll fall short here. I just feel like Kansas State's uh, defense uh, is miles better than what uh, Kansas is. I mean, Kansas State, I mean, like we mentioned, I keep going back to this game, like three points, you know, giving up to Baylor, like on the road at Waco. I mean, that's a tough environment to, to face. You know, on the offensive side, Adrian Martinez uh, has been playing really good. And then you got a guy like Deuce Vaughn, you know, who's, who's built, you know, pretty much like – like a bowling ball running back that he can just run guys over. He can, when he gets into space, uh, he can, he can beat you with his legs. So I think that the talent gap is just still too much in this one. I know this is a robbery game. So at first you're thinking, Oh, this is going to be a close game. Well, not quite. I think that Kansas state knows what's at stake with a win they're in. They get to face TCU again in the battle of the purple. Love to see that matchup. Once again, you know, the first matchup was as good as we got. So I think that Kansas State, they're going to flex their muscle here. I'll go 41 to 20 and they get the win. And moving away from the Big 12 to the Big 10 now, we've got some big ones here. First one uh, being probably the biggest of the weekend, number three, Michigan. The Wolverines will be headed to Columbus to face off against the number two ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, Big game here uh, in two teams that do not like each other. They say it's a big rivalry game. I don't view it as a rivalry game just because the two teams are good. Doesn't mean anything. Um, Ohio State has dominated this series. Yeah, they've dominated the series, so you can't really call it a rivalry if they've dominated the series. It's got to be somewhat close. 
so I think that uh, this one is going to be lopsided big time. I think the difference is Ohio State being at home. Uh, they look like a better football team. Uh, Michigan just looks out of sync. I know Ohio State is banged up. Uh, they've been arresting some guys. So I, I think they'll be ready to go in this one. They've got a pretty deep bench. Defensively, they're better um, by miles. Uh, and I think uh, I think they'll be able to handle care, uh, take care of business in this one. I, I just feel like uh, Michigan needs to figure it out. And I, I think it's too late for it. I know Blake Gorm is going to be able to go in this one. But Ohio State is going to do everything they can to stop the run because they know J.J. McCarthy and his receivers have that off timing like you mentioned earlier in the show. So, I mean, Michigan's going to be forced to throw the football in this one, uh, and it could get interesting really fast. I've got Ohio State winning this one. I'm going to go 45-21. to 21. It's going to be a big win for them to close out the year. Um, and, of course, they could be the number one team in the country before you know, we finish out the season. You know, with the big win here, they could vault over Georgia, uh, of course, with Georgia's very narrow wins over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, you bring up a good point. I mean, you know, Georgia's playing Georgia Tech, and that's really not going to add anything to your resume. So I feel like if Ohio State, you know, like if that score prediction happens, I, I mean, I honestly, I would put them number one. I mean, Georgia has been struggling. They only won by 10 points against a struggling Kentucky team. But this is the playoff before the playoff. I mean, the winner of this game pretty much is going to be locked in. Sorry, Iowa, I just don't see you beating the winner of this team. I mean, it has happened. I mean, Iowa has beaten both of these teams in the – in the last two seasons, so who knows? I mean, Iowa could sneak on up on you uh, at the right time. Uh, but like you mentioned, you know, Ohio State and Michigan uh, both have struggled uh, throughout the throughout the season. I feel like you know both of these teams. You know, there's not really that one team this season that I feel like is saying like, "Oh, we're like the number one team." You know, Georgia at times has been that. Ohio State at times has been that. Same thing with Michigan. So. It just really depends. Uh, you know, Michigan pretty much has to do the same thing that they did last year to win this game. If they can get the running game going, I mean, this is the battle of the trenches. So you, whatever running game could get it going. I mean, both defenses, you know, are one number one. You know, Jim Knowles uh, has been the guy uh, for Ohio State. You know, their their defense was awful last year. That was one of the reasons why they got blown out in Ann Arbor uh, a year ago. So, the revenge factor, I mean, Ohio State has circled this one. I'm, I think they're ready to to get back on the throne and, and teach uh, Michigan a lesson this year. Uh, but I think this is still going to be close, a defensive battle. Ohio State, you know, Jackson Smith, Jackson Smith and Jigba has been out. So who knows if he's going to play in this one. If he does, that definitely opens up Ohio State's offense. But they're going to have to get Travion Henderson uh, going uh, in this matchup as well. Ohio State couldn't really find their running game last year. Uh, so I think that this is going to be more defensive battle than we saw last year. Uh, Michigan put up 40 points. I just don't see this Michigan team even getting close to that, especially with McCarthy. Uh, maybe if they would have made a change with McNamara, I mean, he has played in this game, but I just don't see it. I feel like Ohio State's really going to game plan this year. They learned their lesson last year uh, to defend the run. So I'm going to go with Ohio State in, in the shoe, winning this one 27-24. to 24. It wouldn't surprise me in this game winning overtime. These are two evenly matched teams. So I also could see uh, the loser of this one getting in, especially if they lose by three. But if they lose like 45-21, they're out. They just, I mean, especially with Michigan. I feel like if Michigan loses this game, I feel like they're more prone to not make it since their schedule is weaker. What's like their best win? Probably Penn State. That's about it. Ohio well, State. Well, on the well, other actually, hand. probably their best win is 
their best win's probably Illinois at home. Yeah. Um, you know, is probably the best win for them, it being a close margin. Unless you're looking at the margin right. of victory against Penn State was a pretty big margin of victory, then yes, it's probably their best win. And you also have to look at Michigan's out of conference. Who did they play? They played UConn. That's probably their best team out of conference. You know, In they Hawaii. played Hawaii. And I forgot forgot the other team. It's probably really a no namer. Navy. Navy. I don't think it was Navy. I think it was some smaller school that they that they. I'm saying like Western Michigan, something like that. I don't know, but but if you're Ohio State, if they lose that game, I feel like if Ohio State loses this game, they have a better shot of still making the playoff because you know they got the win at home. You know, week one against Notre Dame, which you know was at the time was struggling. Now they're. They got back to the top 15. They also have a, a top 11 victory against Penn State. So I feel like uh, if the loser of this team is still not out of it, especially, you know, if we see, you know, they probably have to root for LSU to lose, uh, you know, to open up a, a door as well. And they also have to root for USC. So I think the Big Ten still has a shot uh, of getting uh, two teams uh, in the playoff. Who would have thought that? I mean, the talk was the SEC – getting two teams, you know, with Tennessee and Georgia, but now it, it could be potentially be, you know, the winner of this game and potentially the loser of the game, depending on what happens behind them. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point. You know, you mentioned the Hawaii and, and the Yukon, and they opened the season at home against Colorado State. Yeah, and I knew it was some like – Yeah, a 51-7 to, yeah, to blowout. Uh, your second game of the season against Hawaii, yeah. also at home. Uh, fifty six to ten. Your third game is also at home, fifty nine and nothing over UConn. Yeesh. And your fourth game is at home, and you play Maryland at home and win by only a touchdown. Um, so competition got better, but you played four straight home games to start the year. So you know, it's interesting to see, um, you know how weak that schedule is because I mean, at the time they own you know if you break it down, so far they've only played two ranked teams all year um, when it was actually game time. Of course, looking at it now, the only two ranked teams on their schedule are uh, Penn State and Ohio State as Illinois fell out of the top 25 uh, with a loss. So I think that uh, it, it is definitely a much weaker schedule considering Ohio State opened the season with Notre Dame at home and Notre Dame has come back to be a better team than what they you know what we thought they would be. Uh, at this stage of the game. And, of course, you know, if football games are still left on the table, there's an opportunity to win and get yourself back in, and that's what Notre Dame has done. Of course, we'll talk about them in a little bit. Uh, but, of course, moving away from that game and into the other game in the Big Ten, the Michigan State Spartans, who are having a tough year, man. I mean, this is a rough, rough year for Michigan State. Um, it's probably an okay year for the Big Ten East as a whole because if Michigan State was good this year too, we would have a real problem. Um, in the Big Ten. So I think that, uh, you know, maybe Michigan State having a down year was a saving grace for Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State um, right now. Of course, Penn State sitting at number 11. They'll be at home this weekend to face the Spartans. Uh, this is always a big game here. It doesn't matter if it is in East Lansing or if it's in uh, State College or, you know, I, I think that uh, it's interesting to see how these teams will match up uh, defensively. You know, Michigan State's still an okay team defensively. Offensively, they just don't have any offense. I mean, they're they're basically Iowa part two um, in, in the Big Ten East. So it'll be tough for them to score points here. I think Penn State will be able to score uh, some points at will here. I, I just feel like they have 
miles better offense. You came back this past week, got a big win on the road at Rutgers. I mean, you go down 10 nothing to start the game, and you score 55 unanswered to finish the game 55-10 to on the road at Rutgers. So your offense got started just too late. Uh, you know, offense didn't start until, you know, the second quarter, and you're already losing. So I think that uh, they need a faster start in this one. But I think they'll be able to handle business pretty easily. Uh, this is unlike what we normally see, uh, but it is, of course, senior senior day there at Penn State, and it's it is Sean Clifford's last game at Penn State, so there will be a big turnout, and I will be saying farewell to Sean Clifford uh, because <laughs> I am so frustrated and tired, and I'm ready for a new year at Penn State, even though they're sitting at 11, and they're going to get a pretty good bowl game with a win here. They'll uh, quite possibly be in the top 10 with somebody falling out because it seems like somebody falls out each week. Um, so they would secure a good New Year's Six Bowl game, uh, possibly with a big win here. Uh, I've got them winning. Uh, I'm going to say 31 to 31 to 14. I, I just don't think Michigan State's going to be able to score the ball very much. Penn State's defense is good at forcing turnovers, um, and that they have in the last couple of weeks uh, been one of the best defensive teams in the country. And I think it'll continue in this one uh, with a big win here. Yeah, not the year that Michigan State uh, was hoping for, but I really saw it. I mean, Kenneth Walker leaving, I mean, that was like really the focal point of that offense. You know, they just look lost. You know, their defense at, at times has been good. You know, they shut down a, a Michigan team. You know, they, they scored 28 points uh, in the end, but they only Michigan State only scored seven themselves. So I just don't know how much success they're going to face against Penn State. I mean, they've been rolling ever since they lost to Michigan and Ohio State. They've just been taking care of businesses as they should. That's why they're number 11. They – Still have something to play for if they win this game. I think they're pretty much a lock to get into the New Year's Six. I mean, there's, I think there's going to be teams in front of them that will slip up behind them. I think they, they build a good enough resume. But I feel like if you're a Penn State fan, the future for next year is bright. I mean, with Drew Rowler going to be your starting quarterback, you have Nick Singleton, who's been a dog. Uh, I think that their defense uh, is going to be, you know, one of the better defenses. You know, Ohio State's going to lose a lot. Uh, Michigan, I feel like, you know, you still have J.J. McCarthy. That's going to be your guy. And then, We'll see if Blake Corum uh, sticks around as well. So, I mean, Penn State could be the preseason pick uh, to win the Big Ten East uh, next year. We'll just have to see. But for this game, uh, you know, like you mentioned, this is Sean Clifford's last game, I'm sure, uh, in Happy Valley. I'm sure that a lot of people at Penn State will be like, oh, thank gosh, this is finally over. There's going to be a lot of mixed emotions. Yeah, we don't have to deal with this guy anymore. We can, uh, you know, now turn to the future of Drew Rowler. But I think that Penn State uh, is going to win this one pretty convincingly. They showed me enough, you know, against Rutgers and then against, uh, you know, these low-level teams. So I think that Penn State's going to pile it on. I'll go 35 uh, to 17, similar score to you. I just don't see – Michigan State scored a ton. I do see them scoring a garbage touchdown, uh, but in the end, I think that Penn State's going to win this one pretty convincingly. Yeah, I think Michigan State can go up 7 nothing in this game. Um, but after that, I think Penn State will settle in and take care of business. It's supposed to be cold. Um, I, the weather is going to be on and off. It's probably going to be raining. Um, I'm only two hours away, about well, about an hour and a half away from from State College, but I don't think I'm going to be there this weekend. Number one, it's too cold. I don't blame you. Number two, I don't feel like sitting there and watching this game. Uh, I I think I'll watch it from the warmth of of my chair uh, as I head home uh, back to Mississippi. I I just feel like it's uh, it's going to be a tough one to go and watch. I went a couple years, two years ago. Lauren and I went two years ago for uh, 
Maryland and Penn State for senior the senior game. It was uh Trace and Saquon's last game. Um so uh, you know it was uh tough to see them leave, but it was a good game. It was so cold. It was like seventeen degrees and raining. It was freezing rain, it wasn't snowing. Um, and there was snow all piled up in the metal bleachers. And of course you're sitting on this bleacher and it's just like an ice cube. So I don't wish that upon anybody nor myself this weekend. So I will probably not be at that game. Yeah, it's a good idea. I mean, yeah. even I... though I was offered tickets, so I, I just, I don't think I want to do that. Um, and of course I do have to get home, uh, cause, uh, life starts over on Monday and it's no longer <laughs> Turkey season. So, uh, Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, Santa season. It'll be Santa season, yes. And I've already heard all the Christmas music, and I just can't do it this early. It, it just feels weird. After Thanksgiving, I get it. Um, but before, I can't do well, it. I don't know if you, but my family tradition is Friday, we put up our th- our Christmas decorations. Is that okay with you? I'm okay with that. After Thanksgiving, if it's the day after yeah, Thanksgiving, I'm okay. But with I've it. seen people like December 1st already put out there. It's like, no, not December 1st, November 1st, excuse me. I was like, what the heck? It's like whenever Halloween gets over, like, uh, did you forget about the, the holiday in between? I know. I feel like a lot of people don't like just forget about Thanksgiving. I feel like that is like the best holiday well, outside of Christmas. It's not, it's not that people forget about it. It's just people don't think about it. As much as they would Christmas, I just right. feel like people think about. Well, I think people would just like rather gifts and stuff their face with food and well, they, you know, I think, fifteen pounds and you know, I, I think a lot of people view it as like Labor Day, just like you know, it's like another Labor Day, you yeah. know, it's just another day for them to to lay around and and eat turkey and stuff their right. face. But and there's a lot time. of football too. Yes, there's going to be a lot of good football games on, of course, and I'm sure I'll be tuning into those, obviously. Yeah. So there'll be some fun ones on and. uh It'll be a good time, but I know you're going to have a good time with your family as well. But, of course, let's get back to football. We kind of got off track there. Uh, but we're going to go out west, uh, uh, of course, uh, for Sorry our next game. Uh, for the Pac-12, of course, games of the week. These are some really good games. All ranked teams are going to show up in this one. The Battle of Oregon here. Tyler, what is the name of this game? The Civil War. Chet didn't even know what this rivalry was called. I don't know what he called it. Uh, my brain has been... Through the loop this past week, but he didn't call it the Civil War, that's for sure. Uh, but it is the Battle of the Civil War in this matchup here. Uh, the number nine Oregon Ducks are, are traveling to face off against the number 21 Oregon State Beavers. Um, good football game, I think, here. It's the story of uh, who can stop uh, the offenses in this one. I think that for Oregon State, you score 31 last week. Um, against a really bad team in Arizona State. Um, you only give up three points, I think, in that one. It was a 31-3 final in that one. Uh, it was a great defensive effort for them. I think if they play like that defensively, they can take care of business against Oregon. I think they can beat Oregon with that with that uh, sort of defense uh, and offensive production. Uh, for Oregon, it is all about getting a rhythm and for Bonex to get back on track. He is playing. I, I get he's you know somewhat banged up, um, and he's kind of battling through it. And I see it in his face, and I can see it you know, from the sideline. Uh, but you know, for Oregon, it feels like uh, they're they're they were right there. And of course, you lose a game uh, to Washington, and of course that really hurts you big time, and you fall. Uh, a little ways, you know, you're sitting at nine, you're out of the college football uh, 
rankings at this point. And of course, you're just trying to hang on for a New Year's six. And with a loss here, I think they can kiss their New Year's six hopes goodbye. You know, you're a three loss team. Um, and they'll probably, back, probably fall back uh, below Notre Dame. They'll probably fall back into either the high teens or the low 20s. Um, I think I'm going to go with Oregon State to win this game at home. It's a weird pick. I'm, I've am i been riding high on Oregon State. I always got to pick a team. That has been your team. That has yeah, been your team. I always got to pick a team in the Pac-12, and, and I think Oregon State this year is my team in the Pac-12 to do something a little wild. Uh, so I'm going to roll with them. I know that. Uh, somebody picked it for upset pick uh, for Sports Scramble. Oh, it was Chet. Yes, Chet picked uh, Oregon State. I'm going to agree with Chet in this one. I think Oregon State can get it done. Uh, close game, really, really close going. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go 27-24. I, I think that uh, Oregon State gets a big field goal win at home, and uh, their fan base will storm the field in this one, um, even though they probably shouldn't, but they will. I mean, I wouldn't blame them. I mean. I know this is called the Civil War, but I call this the Highlighter Bowl because, I mean, there was that one year, I think it was in 2020, where Oregon State wore all orange and then Oregon wore all all green. So who knows what uniforms they're going to wear. Hopefully the same one because I just I just love to see that as well. I'll definitely be tuning in to this one. There's a lot of acts at stake uh, for the Pac-12 championship host. I mean, Oregon, if you win this one, you're in the dance and maybe the Beavers – they, I mean, you can ask them. They would just love to spoil Oregon's party, not only the Pac-12 championship, but also their New Year's Six hopes. So I bet you Oregon State's going to wake up uh, for this one as well. I mean, the Civil War always has been dominated by Oregon, but I feel like as of late, Oregon State has played them pretty close. They got that one win in that highlighter bowl game that I was talking about. Uh, but, you know, Oregon got tested on the defensive side. I mean, Bo Nix and the offense uh, – you know, he was struggling against Utah. I know that they got the win, but, you know, Oregon's defense was able to get three turnovers in that game. I mean, Oregon's – this is going to be a defensive battle. I mean, both offenses have had their, you know, moments to score the football. I know that you said that it was weird to pick Oregon State, but I'm actually going to agree with you. I like the Beavers at home here. They're a tough team in Corvallis to deal with. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I'm going to go uh, 21-17 to 17, give it to the Beavs. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned the highlighter game. They are going to be wearing the highlighter Let's colors. Go. Uh, yeah, I'm so definitely Oregon, watching State, this. Oregon State's going all orange uh, from top to bottom, except for helmet. Of course, oh, helmet's going to be black. So, uh, with black numbers, and they'll have some nice uniforms for this one. And I think Oregon's going to go with their the traditional, uh, you know, bright green. Uh, maybe they'll go with the orange shoes. They're gonna go with the ducks. With the ducks. <laughs> the ducks. Uh, they, they might do it. Uh, the lately, duck. lately they've just gone all green. Don't um, even get me started on that duck one. That that yeah. was like awful when they did that. Like that was. <laughs> I know you're the ducks, but like you can't look like one and like expect to win. I think they got blown out when they wore those. Yes, they did. So uh, I, uh, it's just a bad look. Um. I like their paint splatter ones better than yeah. than those. Uh, but I, I think uh, it'll be a battle of the highlighters in that one. And uh, we're both going to roll with with the beeves in that one, um, as their lovely trademark jerseys say across the front. The beeves. Uh, and moving away from that game to another game uh, in Southern California between the number 15 ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They have found their way back into the top 15 somehow. Uh, and they'll be traveling down to the L.A. Coliseum to face off against the number six ranked USC 
Trojans who move up one after their big win at UCLA. Um, I, I think the story of this game is going to be, is Notre Dame ready for another upset win? Uh, you know, you already got it against Clemson. You granted you were at home. You're on the road here traveling. Uh, you're one for, you, you know, you're, well, I guess, 2-0 out West this year. You know, you, you got two big wins, one against BYU and your other coming. Uh, well, other one was against um, Stanford. Stanford. Uh, I couldn't remember. Very fast Stanford team. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, you're going back out West again. You've had a lot of success. And I think they'll draw from that um, in this one. I'm going to go with the upset in this one, too. I think there's two big upsets in the Pac-12 this week. That's two teams in the top ten yeah. that lose. And, you know, that leaves teams, you know, for teams like Penn State and K-State to move up into the top ten uh, with big wins in their conference this weekend. So I, I think it can happen here. I'm going to go with Notre Dame to win this game. I think it's a low-scoring game. Notre Dame's defense will come up big in this one. Maybe a defensive touchdown in this game. They are uh, big time at doing that. Like if you if you want to make some money, you vote for a Notre Dame defensive touchdown uh, on the weekend. Just throw something on it. Uh, because it might just happen. They have a way of, of, of making that happen. Uh, so I'm going to go with Notre Dame in this one. I, I think they can do it. Uh, the Fighting Irish have been good on the road and definitely out west. So, uh, I'm man, it's lower scoring. I'm going to go 21 to 17. Uh, they get it done. Man, I, I do love that you're uh, now this week. I know last week you picked Illinois to go with the upset, but you picked Michigan, and now you're going 100% uh, with your upset pick. Uh, so, man, you are shaking up uh, the Pac-12. You got the Beavers <laughs> and you got the Fire and Irish uh, getting uh, two upsets. So that would just take the Pac-12 completely out of Pac-12. Uh, not only, uh, you know, it would shake up the conference championship, but also their their playoff hopes if USC were to lose. Uh, but my question marks in this one is USC's defense. They haven't been able to stop anyone. I feel like every game that I'm watching, I mean, the opponent is scoring at least uh, 30 points. I mean, I was watching the Notre Dame game uh, last uh, week, and, you know, I saw on Twitter that there was a blizzard going. I was like, oh, let me put it on NBC, and they're at 44 to nothing. I was like, dang, where has this Notre Dame team been? I mean, this was a team that lost to Marshall, people. I mean, Marshall isn't a bad football team, but – I just feel like Marcus Freeman has done a terrific job of getting the troops uh, together. So I think that this offense, you know, Drew Pine leading the way. I'm just – USC's got to deal with one of the best tight ends in the country, Michael Mayer. I mean, and then their running game has been on point as well. This is the best offensive line and the best defense that USC will play all season. I feel like, you know, USC played Utah. I feel like they're a good defense, but Utah has been the team that – We've, you know, anticipated we both had them in the playoff in the preseason. That ultimately didn't happen. You know, it could have been worse. We could have been Desmond Howard, you know, picking Texas A&M to be the national champion. Uh, but I'm going to agree with you once again. I have this uh, Notre Dame team. I like the way that they're playing. I think that Notre Dame is going to score at will. USC with Kale Williams and their firepower does scare me a little bit. But I think that Notre Dame's defense uh, has been able to get it going. So I'm going to go to Notre Dame in a close one. I'll go 31 to 27. Give me the fighting hours to shake up the Pac-12. And we go two for two for two in, in the Pac-12 in our picks here. Uh, and, yeah, it's going to be a big weekend in the Pac-12. Looking forward to it. To the SEC now, uh, big games here in the SEC. Mississippi State and Ole Miss in the Battle of the Egg Bowl. Of course, that'll be uh, tomorrow's yeah. game. 
uh, of course, and I know I will be tuning into that one. And of course, everybody it's actually uh, today for you since you're midnight. Oh, already. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me as, as the clock has rolled over and it is now Turkey Day in the East Coast. Happy um, yes. So I, I think I'm going to get a lot of odd looks in the house when I turn this game on. Uh, tomorrow, and they're going to be, what in the world are you watching? Yeah, like, where's the Patriots game? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, not a lot of Patriot faithful here uh, in this part of the country. It's it's Steeler Nation. Yeah, that is true. In this part it's of a the good thing the Steelers aren't playing on Thanksgiving. That way you can yeah. watch the Egg Bowl. That'd be an interesting game. Steelers, Steelers uh, Eagles on Thanksgiving. That would be. be a battle. But, uh, you know, it, this game will be interesting. I, I think that the story is, is that Ole Miss has had terrible a couple of terrible losses i mean and their losses have been awful i mean not close losses just bad losses uh so you get blown out against arkansas i'm surprised we didn't talk about that game but i mean they get swept away we almost did with south carolina i mean that was the game yeah i mean that was crazy but you know (laughs) sec sec network uh gave no airtime in the second half to the football game uh, because there was no football game to watch. I mean, it was over at that point. I think it was forty-two to seven at one point. You know, and Arkansas is destroying Ole Miss. Um, and Lane Kiffin looks like he just gave up. And here you got Jordan Rodgers standing on the sideline with a play sheet in his hand. And I'm thinking he took over Lane Kiffin's job as he thought he walked out the door. And he's he's back on the bus headed back to Oxford to pack his bags. Uh, but no, it just seemed strange. So I uh, I think Ole Miss being at home here is going to be a tough battle. I know Mississippi State is not ranked, uh, but they're a good football team. I, I think that this is a battle of who's going to hold on to their job. Uh, this this is a job security game. It really is. Uh, and I know for Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, it doesn't seem like a job security game. And I don't feel like personally Lane Kiffin's going to lose his job at all. And, you know, there's been a lot of speculation around it. Uh, I just don't think that's going to happen. Ole Miss has invested invested way too much in the lane train, and and I think they're going to hold on to them for a, for a long time. I think the big question mark is with Mississippi State and what happens with Mike Leach after the season. There's a lot of good, you know, group of five coaches out there that could get a shot in the SEC, uh, in in especially at Mississippi State, and I think this is a good opportunity uh, for some of them. And the door the door is wide open. If Ole Miss takes care of business here this week, which I think they will, uh, I've got the Ole Miss Rebels winning at home by a touchdown. Um, of course, uh, the old-fashioned uh, whiz in the end zone is going to be back, and I think uh, I think Ole Miss is going to take care of it by seven. I think they get the win. Uh, close game, not a ton of scoring. I'm going to go twenty-four seventeen. Uh, and Ole Miss gets it done in Vaughn Hemingway. Yeah, we saw uh, Cameron come on the show talking about the job security of Mike Leach. You know, the swirls going around Mississippi State. You know, if they lose this game, is he going to be out the door? I don't know. I feel like Mike Leach, so. you know. I don't know. I feel like he's been, you know, a good coach, but I feel like his time is slowly uh, starting to come down. You know, for Lane Kiff and the story, the story of the week, you know, is he going to go to Auburn? And, you know, there's been a lot of – I've seen it's too much, you know, We've always seen, you know, these big programs like get a smoke screen as Lane Kiffin. So I don't think it's going to be him. It's got to be someone else. Uh, it's got to be either a group of five coach or, you know, a coach that that's going to be out the blue. Like, like, whoa, they actually hired that guy. So 
I'm not even going to predict on the coaching hires. So I'm just going to leave that. Whenever we get the breaking news, we'll have it here on Coast to Coast. So, but I don't know if you checked the weather report. It's supposed to be raining in this game, so I feel like that definitely favors Ole Miss. They actually have a running game. Uh, Mississippi State is an air raid uh, passing attack. Uh, but I don't think that matters in this one. I have picked upset. I'm going to go with the Bulldogs uh, in this one. Ole Miss's defense has been concerning. I mean, they gave up 42 points to Arkansas, the 42. I feel like every opponent has scored at least 40. Alabama was able to score as well. So I don't think the rain, you know, will be able to affect uh, Mississippi State at times, yes. But I feel like, you know, Will Rogers is going to throw for like three touchdowns in this one. Ole Miss uh, – Got the win last year. I mean, it was a blowout win. I mean, Ole Miss dominated that one. Matt Corral have a whale of a game. So, I mean, Mississippi State's defense, I trust them against so Quinson Junkins and Zach Evans. So, I'm going to go Mississippi State in a lower scoring game, especially if it's raining. The weather forecast holds up. But I'm going to go with the Bulldogs. I think they reclaim uh, the Golden Egg trophy. I think that they get the job done. I'll go uh, a wacky score here. I'll go – 23 to 22, they get a one-point victory. <laughs> Very close win there. Um, of it's course, always a wacky score in the rain, yes. so I got to go. Yes, of course, there's no half points in football, so you got to give them the one point. And, of course, Tyler's giving it to the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Um, you know, folks, you might be wondering at this point uh, in the next 10 seconds on why we did not choose the Iron Bowl as the second game for the SEC game of the week. doesn't really mean anything. Um, number one, yes, it doesn't really mean anything. Normally it does. It means uh, a lot. Normally it means a ton. Uh, but, <laughs> folks, we're going to pick a game that normally gets zero coverage. Um, it's going to get coverage. Have we even talked about Vanderbilt? I don't even think so. Uh, well, now you let the cat out of the bag. All right, so, <laughs> folks, it's number 10, Tennessee. They're headed uh, across, uh, halfway across the state. They're wow. headed to Nashville to take on the Vanderbilt Commodores. I, I, dude, I can't believe we're talking about this game. It seems strange. It feels weird. Uh, folks, Vanderbilt got their first SEC win uh, against Kentucky here, what, last week? It was two weeks ago, and then they it's got uh, their second one against Florida. Yes, and they get their second one against Florida. I, dude, they're on a roll. They're, they're two for two so far. Um, you might think I'm crazy. You might think I'm losing my mind. I'm going to pick Vandy. I'm going to go with the Commodores in Nashville. Um, you know, two wins in the SEC. They get three wins in the SEC, man. I wish the season would have started two weeks ago. And I'm sitting here going, come on, Vandy. Let's go. Um but no, I think it's a great stepping stone for this uh, this program, and I think that they really want this win, uh, and I think they deserve it, and I think they're going to fight pretty hard for it to finish the season out on a very strong note, uh, and to really get themselves back into contention for the first time, not really back in, but for the first time into contention. In, in some capacity uh, in the SEC. So I, I think that it can come this weekend, and hopefully they get this big win against Tennessee. Tennessee has looked terrible, so I, I think that they can do it. Defensively, they can. Uh, Vanderbilt does have a very good defense. Offensively is going to be the problem uh, for them. But I think being at home, it gives them an advantage. Not a ton of points in this one. Uh, reasonable 
but not a ton. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go 34, 33. I'm going to give Vandy the one point victory. On a few it's enough. It's enough. They'll get the W. So uh, I'll take, I'll take the Commodores. Yeah. Vanderbilt has a lot to play in this one. You win and you're going, uh, you're going bowling for the first time. In- I think since the James Franklin days, I think uh-huh. been, I, I think that's since the last time that they've been. Crazy enough, that's been. But yeah, what a story would be. You know, we already have Kansas, UConn. What if we get Vanderbilt at the bowl season? Like, I mean, what a college football season has been. You know, like, and then on Tennessee's side, uh, you tragically without uh, Hinton Hooker, he tore his ACL. I feel like we wouldn't even be talking about this game if we have a healthy. Uh, Hendon Hooker. Now you have Joe Millen, the former Michigan uh, product. Uh, so he transferred in from Tennessee. He got he got the start for a season. It was with Garantano as well. Now they all get the start as well. So he he does have some game experience, but Tennessee's defense is, has been the issue uh, for them, uh, for especially the second half of the season. You know they're coming off a of game giving up sixty three points against the South Carolina offense that we were saying, oh this. This team sucks. They're not even worth it. And then the next week, we're talking about them pretty like, whoa, they actually have a shot of beating Clemson. So I think that Vanderbilt will be able to score. Ray Davis uh, has is going to be their leading rusher. I think he's going to get the job done. Mike Wright has been the guy. I mean, he's the dual threat capability, and we already seen what Tennessee, they struggled against uh, those. But Vanderbilt, you've been a good story. I think that they're going to keep it close. But in the end, I'm going to go with the Vols. I think that talent-wise, they saw the receivers of Hyatt, Tillman, Brew McCoy, they still have pretty much – I mean, Vanderbilt's defense, you know, isn't great either. So, I mean, Tennessee, even without Millen, I think they're going to rely heavily on uh, Jabari Small to get it done on the ground. So, I'll go 34-24. I think Vanderbilt keeps it close. This is going to be a four-quarter battle. I think that Vandy is going to give it all. This is pretty much their Super Bowl. I mean, if they win, they're getting in. So, But in the end, got to go with Tennessee. All right, and that is all for Thanks. the. Yeah, I want Vandy in the bowl eligibility. But <laughs> I, just, I just can't do it. I mean, Cameron trying to talk me into it. I just can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> too much, too much at this stage of the season, uh, and of course, getting to our group of five game, our one group of five. It's a big one. Uh, yep. The number nineteen Tulane Green Wave are headed to Cincinnati to face off against the Cincinnati Bearcats at number twenty four. Um, you know what? I'm not going to spend very long. Right here, uh, Tulane is on on repeat, and they are just running through people at the moment. Uh, they are not going to stop anytime soon. They hung up fifty nine on SMU, uh, which was absolutely unbelievable. That was a team that Cincinnati struggled against. Yes, and I watched that game, so I I think that Tulane looks incredible. I, even they're playing on the road. I don't care. I think they win this game convincingly. Um, I don't think they're going to have any problem scoring 45 points. I'm going to go 45 to 28. I think they, they win in a, a big landslide, um, and they stick their claim as the best American team in the country. All right, quick, pretty quick pick there. I mean, Tulane does have some good wins, but they also have some bad losses like UCF. I have to bring it down here for the Tulane high train. They lost to UCF at home. I mean, they got dominated in that game, and it was close, but I watched that game, and UCF, just control that game, and then they lose to Southern Miss. I know mean, no one's talking about poor old Cincinnati. I mean, they have still two losses. I'm going to go Cincinnati. This is their conference. I think they reclaim it, re-reclaim their title. 
their defense is going to be an issue for Michael Pratt in this green wave offense. I think the wave gets to the low tide here on the road. I'm going to go Cincinnati in this one. It's going to be a close game, a defensive battle. But in the end, I'm going to go with the Bearcats at home, 27-21. to 21. Cincinnati reclaims their throne in the American Conference. How about that? You've devastated me. Oh my gosh! I was on the two-lane hype train oh. until this week. On the I've been on Cincinnati train. all year. Oh my god, he's been hiding in the shadows with Luke Fickle. Actually, I, I lie. I mean, I have been on the two-lane hype train, but I feel like for years I've been on the Cincinnati hype train. I mean, I've been the highest advocate of getting into the playoff. They finally did. Now, granted, they got blown out, but still, I, I wanted a group of five team to get in just. For them to have a shot, and Cincinnati was able to do it. So, yeah, they got their shot. Like you the- mentioned, this is a lot of, of, of high stakes in this one. The winner faces off against UCF. I mean, and the winner of this one also hosts that game as well. So, that is a big that is a big factor as well. Tulane could get their revenge. Cincinnati could also get their revenge as well against uh, the Knights. So, give me the Absolutely. Bearcats. Yeah, and upset the city uh, weekend all over the place. And of course, at this point, you know we're done talking about our games of the week. And, of course, we have to talk a little bit about our risers and fallers, and that is brought to you by Fanatics. If you guys want to go over there and get all of your team's gear, of course, it's close. Uh, Monday is Cyber Monday, of course. And, Black uh, Friday as well. After tomorrow is uh, Black Friday. So if you guys do want to go out there and get all of your gear at Fanatics, you guys can use the link in our description uh, or that you can see on the screen if you are watching the live at this hour, which – Probably not many of you are. So uh, I'm guessing that most of you guys uh, will be tuning in uh, in the description to see that code there. And, of course, you guys can go over there. I know they're running a 70% off deal right now. I'm sure that will continue. It actually changed on me just now. So they just started. Up to 65% off use code DECOR, D-E-C-O-R, use DECOR. So – we won't have the the black. We won't be live on, on Black Friday, uh, but I'm sure we'll post something on Twitter. If they have a special deal on Black Friday. I'm sure that they will. But if you want to save up to 65 percent off, definitely use our link and use code Decor at checkout. And uh, games of the week, Tyler. Who is your riser and faller for the week? We'll run through pretty quick here. Yeah. Usually, you know, we use the AP poll, but now, you know, we're on Wednesday. Uh, last night, we had the college football playoff uh, ranking. So this is the first time uh, that we have our risers and fallers of that poll. So we're going to go hit the risers first. I mean, there's not really many teams on here, you know, that made the jump. Usually we have a team, you know, that moves up six and seven. But I'm going to go with the team that I've been riding with all season in the Pac-12, and that has been UW, the Washington Huskies. They just can continue to climb their nine and two number 13 uh they're they're completely out of the pac 12 championship uh, just because of the head-to-head but i feel like if there's chaos you know especially if a team like oregon state you know beats oregon and then notre dame beats usc maybe that opens up a spot for washington to get into the new year's six uh, bowl so i think that washington you know They've had, you know, some close losses. They also had some very good wins as well. So I think that they'll win the Apple Cup this week and finish at 10-2. And I feel like that's a very good season, especially after the down year that they had in 2021. Absolutely. For me, I I think I'm going to have a team that's kind of gone under the radar for my riser, and that's Florida State. Um, I I think Florida State moving up to 19 is a big move for them. You know, That's a team that people have forgotten about, too. 
Yeah, two weeks ago, not being in the top 25, you get a huge win against Miami on a blowout, uh, a blowout win on the road at Syracuse, and you come home and take care of business against Louisiana Lafayette. So I think that they uh, have a big uh, weekend here and against their in-state rival. I think they can take care of business pretty easily. They're a 10.5-point favorite, uh, so I think that they uh, take care of business. Moving to 19 is a big step for them. Uh, in a big bowl game for them. Yeah. So who sure. is your who is your faller? Yeah, I'm gonna go to the to the Big Twelve here. I'm gonna go with Oklahoma State. Probably the the one of the bigger disappointments. I know the, probably the biggest disappointment of the season has been A and M in Miami, but Oklahoma State. I mean, this was a team last year that had all all the talent to win a Big Twelve championship. They were literally one inch away from winning. I mean, it was that close. Baylor ended up winning that game. Sorry to bring that up uh, for the Pokes fans uh, in there. But it's just been a disappointing year for Oklahoma State. I mean, they were preseason. I mean, they were preseason top 15. They got it as close to number six. I mean, I thought that was going to be the team to get it done in the Big 12, uh, you know, to win the Big 12 this season. I mean, that was my preseason pick uh, to claim that conference. But going from 22 to now unranked, just it's not the season that I was expecting from these Cowboys. Absolutely. And for me, my faller is Ole Miss. Uh, you can't lose a, a game t- yeah. 42 to 27 uh, against Arkansas, who was unranked at the time. You fall from 14 all the way down to 20. Um, from my opinion, I don't think they should be in the top 25 after a loss like that. Um, and of course, they got a big battle tomorrow against Mississippi State. So uh, we'll see how they turn around in that one. Um, it just seems, it just seems like, uh, they're going to have a tough time battling in that one. Of course, the weather's not supposed to be very good, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, and then, of course, moving on with our closing uh, segment, it is our uh, new story and our question, of course. Uh, it is sponsored by Yeti. If you guys want to go over there and get all of your coolers, drinkware, and luggage over there, uh, all orders over $50 do qualify for free shipping, so you guys can use that code in our description um, for our new story, Tyler, it is that NC, uh, sorry, ESP or EA Sports <laughs> in partnership with ESPN and NCAA, uh, they have pushed back the college football, uh, f- football game that we haven't seen, uh, for nine years. They're going to push it back another year. It's, it's going to be 10 years, a decade, uh, till we get another one. They pushed it back to 2024. Um, kind of upset about it. We'll see what happens, though. Not a lot has been mentioned uh, about details, but of course they pushed it back for another year. You know, like whenever like you got in trouble as a kid, you know, like when your parents said, "Like I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed." That's what I feel like right here. I mean, come on, we like we were literally months away. Like I was so hyped, like 2023 summer. Like okay, that's like six months away. And I get, you know, I was reading Twitter, like uh, Matt Brown, uh, who has uh, some sources uh, from EA Sports. I saw his history and saying, like, sources are telling me that EA Sports is not going to launch the game in 2023. But the summer of 2024 is like, you have got to be kidding me. Like, the week was just going grand. And then as soon as I saw this news, I was just like, wow, this is just a dumpster fire itself. Uh, But I don't know. It's just... Everything about EA Sports, uh, this is why I hate them. So why I, I don't really play Madden anymore because it's been the same damn game uh, for like 10 straight years. And, 
Yeah, I guess we're just going to have to play NCAA 14. I feel like if they're going to make us wait another year, make NCAA 14 backwards compatible. That way I don't have to play it on my 360 that has like 720p. I want like HD 4K now trying to play this game. So I feel like, you know, I do have to give credit to, to the guys at College Football Revamped. I feel like they're doing a way better job than EA Sports is doing. I know that, you know, there's maybe some – Send maybe NIL issues. Who knows what issues are going off EA Sports? You know, they really didn't confirm that it was going to be 2023 anyways, but it just sucks that we have to wait now another year uh, because this has been a game that a lot of people are going to want. A lot of people are going to buy. I mean, they could probably put the price at 100 bucks, and everyone in, in this country uh, would pay for it. Yeah, it's been a long time since something's happened there, and we'll see what happens in the near future. Um, and last thing is is our question, uh, Tyler. Who is your big New Year's New Year's Six bowl predictions? Yeah. So uh, what we're gonna do is here we're gonna run through all six bowl predictions. If you're with us last year, we did this pretty much for every show. So we're gonna bring it back uh, for the, for our last uh, two uh, remaining shows till we get to the bowl game as well. So we'll do this uh, question. For this week, for the end of the regular season, also a conference championship week. So we're going to start with the Peach Bowl, the college football playoff semifinal, and then we'll go to the Fiesta Bowl, and then we'll get uh, the other bowl games. So in the Peach Bowl, this is where I'm going to have uh, the number one seed, Georgia. They're ultimately going to pick the Peach Bowl because it's in Atlanta, Georgia, and that's pretty much uh, the biggest home crowd that they're going to get. Uh, they're not going to pick Fiesta. They're never, never going to pick their fans to travel all the way in the desert. So I think Georgia ultimately is going to win the SEC championship uh, and beat LSU. And then they're going to face number four, the Michigan Wolverines. Yes, I do have Michigan uh, not winning the big game, but I also have chaos uh, happening behind them, which I will uh, talk about more when we get to the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, and for me, for the Peach Bowl, I'm going to go Georgia as well. Um, for me, it's kind of a toss-up with what's happened. Um, I think LSU still has a chance to be there at the four spot, uh, even though, of course, they have to play against Georgia the week in the game before that. So I think um, there'll be a lot of speculation about what's going to happen. I'm going to lock Georgia in there at one uh but for four, I guess I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go with uh Clemson right now and probably at four. Um they've got the closest thing, I think, in order to compete. Of course I picked USC to lose. I did pick Clemson to lose, but I think they have the closest chance in order to win a game this weekend. So I think that you could see Georgia and Clemson match up pretty well in that one uh for the Peach Bowl. Yeah, we'll go on to the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, that's going to be my number two versus number three seed. Uh, that's going to be out uh, in the desert, uh, like I mentioned. I'm going to have number two, Ohio State. I feel like I do have them winning the big game uh, this week and then ultimately have them beating Iowa in the, in the Big Ten Championship. And then number three, I'm also going to have Clemson as well. I, I, I'm going to have TCU losing in the Big 12 Championship against K-State. It's hard to beat a team twice. Honestly, got lucky to beat them in, in the first place in the first time. Then also, we picked uh, Notre Dame over USC, so uh, USC, the Pac-12 are out. So I think that Clemson's going to run the table. I mean, they're at number eight, and if those two teams and if LSU loses, that opens up really a, a clean path. I mean, the the road is there for them. So I'll have uh, Ohio State and Clemson meeting up for probably like the 50th time in like the past like five years. We've seen that matchup so many times, but it's going to happen again. Same thing with Georgia and Michigan. We saw that 
last year in the playoff as well. Yeah, I'm going to go 2-3. I'm going to go Ohio State and TCU uh, to face off against each other. I think it uh, it's going to be a good game there, a lot of offense. Um, I think that's a lot of projection right now is Ohio State and TCU, so I'm going to go right, around, right along with what they're uh, projecting for uh, the Fiesta Bowl right there. Yeah, so those are our playoff uh, predictions uh, right there. So now we'll get into uh, the three remaining uh, of the New Year's Six Bowl games. We'll go to the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all, and that is Big Ten versus the Pac-12. So if you're wondering, you know, I have Michigan and Ohio State uh, in the playoffs. So what remaining Big Ten team is there? And that's going to be your Penn State and Indian Lions. I think they get the, get the bid. For the Rose Bowl, I know that they didn't make the Big Ten Championship, but there's no way that Iowa deserves a shot at the Rose Bowl. I think that Penn State's going to get there, and they're going to face off against the Trojans. That's right. They're going to get their shot at revenge. I know that you remember that game, uh, that crazy wild game of Sam Darnold just sliding it up, Trace McSorley, Saquon Barkley lining up. So I think that matchup's going to happen again. So give me Penn State and USC in the Rose Bowl. Well, I'm going to go a little different direction, I think. Um, I don't have Michigan in my top four, so I think Michigan's going to get the nod to the Rose Bowl. Uh, I'm going to have Michigan face off uh, against Utah uh, in that one. I think Utah's going to make a return back to uh, the Rose Bowl. I think they have a chance to. Um, so I'm going to put Michigan and Utah there. Of course, instead of Ohio State, it is now Michigan. So hopefully they can get a big win against Michigan in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I was actually forgot to add a bowl, so you can add the Orange Bowl. We'll get to that at the end. So now we're going to go on to the Sugar Bowl, which features the SEC versus the Big 12. I'm going to have – this is where I have LSU uh, getting uh, into this one. I I do ultimately have them uh, losing to Georgia, but I feel like uh, that they did enough uh, in the regular season to get the bid uh, in New Orleans. They're going to face off against TCU. I I feel like uh, they will lose – to Kansas State, but I feel like TCU in the end will be ranked ahead of them. So give me LSU versus TCU. What could be uh, uh, an offensive slugfest between those two teams? Yeah, I'm I'm going to agree with you. I think that uh, LSU is a good pick there uh, for the Sugar Bowl. I just feel like um, there's better teams out there in order to take the other spot there. Um, I feel like it can be – pretty much anybody right there. You know, it, it is an at-large uh, part right there. So I, I think there's a number of good teams there. Um, for me, I think it's probably um, – I think it's probably K-State for me. I, I think that they're the team that's the closest. And if they – Actually, I have to change mine since usually it's the Big 12 championship. So I I was, like, thinking about that. So I'll get, I got to actually go K-State here. That makes more sense. Yeah. And so LSU and K-State – Lines as well. We saw that same matchup in last year's bowl matchup. Yeah, so I think we could see it again this year. It just feels like that that Big 12 runner-up and uh, the uh, runner-up in the SEC championship uh, will will face off in, in the uh, Trigger Bowl. All right, so now we'll go on uh, to the Cotton Bowl here. Uh, this is where we get some, uh, some at-larges as well. There, there'll be some teams that, that can pop up. Here as well, and this is where it gets uh, tough for me, like trying to figure out, you know, what what team is going to be this at large. So in the Cotton Bowl, uh, this is where I'm going to have uh, my group of five representative. I'm going to have Cincinnati going up against. I'm not even going to put Alabama here once again. I think that TCU uh, is going to be here. I think that even with the one loss, uh, they'll be 
a highly representative team. So I'm going to have a TCU take on a Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl. All right. Well, TCU and Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl is a that's a, that's a big one. Um, I I've got TCU in the top four, so I can't put them there. Um, I think I'm going to go with an interesting game here. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go Tulane Penn State uh, in the Cotton Bowl. I think it could be uh, a really good game there. Penn State, of course, making their return to the Cotton Bowl once again uh, against another uh, really good team. Before it was Memphis, and now uh, likely to be Tulane. Yeah, they would just draw all the the American schools. So now we go on into uh, the final game, and that will be the Orange Bowl. This is where it gets really hard for me. I do have one team. I think they're locked. That's going to be Alabama. I think that's the Orange Bowl. So now it's pretty much like who else gets it. I mean, there's a lot of teams that, that's already uh, got it for me. Uh, but this is where that I think that this could be a little interesting. I think it's going to come down to two teams. I think Notre Dame, I think that they're still high enough ranked, even with the three losses, if they can win out beat USC. So this is where I'm going to have Notre Dame. I'm going to give Alabama versus Notre Dame. We've seen this one plenty of times. I also could see Washington if they went out uh, as well, but I feel like if Notre Dame beats USC, they can leap them. So I'm going to go uh, Notre Dame, uh, Alabama in the Orange Bowl. Uh, yeah, I think the difference for me is is that that third loss for Notre Dame at 8-3 and three right now versus the Washington at 9-2. and two. I think 9-2, and two, uh, of course, is the better record for Washington. They're moving up a little quicker than Notre Dame, even if Notre Dame does win, there still is that looming loss there. Uh, so I'm going to go with Washington in the place of Notre Dame. So I've got Alabama and Washington going at it in the in the Orange Bowl. We've seen that one in the playoff as well. So it seems like Alabama. I could also see a potential if Clemson doesn't make the playoff, we could see an Alabama and Clemson in that Orange Bowl. Yeah, you really could. Yeah, you could see another matchup there. And I think it, it really uh, could set up to be – a lot of rematches happen uh, just because of the teams that are there in the top yeah, 10. Our predictions team. always change, and it's probably going to change next week as well once we do it again. <laughs> I'm sure it will, uh, but, of course, you guys will have to stay tuned for that. We will see you guys again uh, next week, hopefully on Monday afternoon. Of course, this was an exception. Uh, you guys can catch uh, Sports Scrabble on Sunday nights at 7 o'clock with the four guys here with us two and Chet and Wade as well. Monday afternoon with us at 3 o'clock for college football coast-to-coast. And, of course, on Tuesday nights with Wade and Tyler uh, for SEC Talk. Uh, If you guys want any more content over there, of course, we have a ton uh, going on over on the YouTube channel right now. Of course, we're dabbling with some YouTube stuff with the shorts and stuff because I know that's the thing now uh, that a lot of people are doing. So we're over there messing around with that, dabbling around with it uh, to see what happens. And you guys can watch the live show over there as well. And, of course, if you guys want to listen to the audio version uh, of the show at any point in time, you guys can watch that on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, and wherever else you get your podcast at. And we will see you guys again next Monday. And that's all for the regular season, Tyler. So we have closed out the regular season. Next time we get to that, it'll be a conference championship so, show. So we will be back for the conference championship shows, of course, here in the near future. And, of course, bowls in the national championship uh, coming up here at uh, start of the year. So, We're closing in on the end of the season, and we will see you guys again next Monday for an action-packed show. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.